0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: Polar express kid, you know, so if we add polar express kid sound bites to the soundboard and then anytime like we're looking for Ethan, he's like, Hey, what do you think, (laughs) Ethan? And like, just get this, uh, you know soundbite board for the
2: polar express kid instead yeah yeah ethan, that's, what do you think about the Max Scherzer idea. trade
1: i like hot chocolate or whatever he says i don't know like
2: uh he says i know everything there is to know about the aztec indians
1: yeah so we just have that as a soundbite so if we want to start the show without ethan you, yeah late. you could
2: yeah yeah i was just running late today i didn't forget anything <clears throat> just uh yeah lessons were a little bit behind one of my moms was uh chit chatty today after after the lesson come on ethan you gotta so, tank
1: your customer relations yeah i just gotta be like pod. bitch
2: bitch shut up i'm not yeah. gonna be i'm not gonna be 10 <laughs>
3: minutes late to my podcast so i mean you gotta tell the bombs that you're taking now you know you can't can't you can't be uh oh, oh i didn't even think of that angle <laughs> <laughs> that i
1: oh
2: i
3: uh-huh Ooh, oh he's a
2: musician tell me more
1: <laughs> swoon
2: right um cool good so yeah i'm here Drinking, and I'm, and I'm eating eating and drinking
1: Ooh, i'm eating all that um, knife.
2: i'm eating turkey and green beans uh for my, all of the uh we ha- i have like a fucking uh i have groupies i feel like <laughs> ethan's podcast groupies who love to listen to him eat Um, I'll have to come up with a, with a sharper name than that, but I'm having uh, leftover turkey and green beans for those who want to know, uh, did we already talk about beer or no? No, not yet. Why would we have
3: talked about beer without you?
2: I don't fucking know. You do it. You do what you
3: want to do. You know, that's just the way you are. All right. Well, I think since you're here and my soundboard's working, let's first see if I can actually get this sound in. So. Okay. Here we go. Let's let's get into it. Hey, there it is. <laughs> Matt, I do love how much you get into that. <laughs> Every single week. I think it's the best part of the show. And like, I encourage people just to watch the YouTube video at this portion of the show, just to see Matt. He does something different every single week. Uh, I mean, today it was a
1: prop. I had, you know, I saw (laughs) the United Nations pencil I got in 11th grade (laughs) with the cheese eraser on it. And just, you know, I had to just start drumming.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, we are two Jacks in a Slub. This show where the content is made up and the segments don't matter merging beer nonsense and sports since 2021, it is almost 2022, which is crazy, but I can't wait to be able to say that we've been doing this for a year. And uh, you know, boys um, this is uh this is another episode. It's just the, the three very best friends. We're all together. We're going to have a lot of fun. I have, I definitely have a lot of topics and ideas and things that I think are fun. Uh, you are as always welcome uh to throw in your own things. But I think Ethan, you you wanted to start with beer, so you know, that's that's a natural segue there. Like why don't we just start talking about the great beers that we're drinking tonight?
2: Yeah, sure. So uh <clears throat> I'll start. I'm drinking uh as usual a Matt Root supplied beer. <laughs> uh Comfort Hops um by other half brewing. Although so and I haven't tasted it yet, but it's other half so it's gonna be great. But hopefully <clears throat> at some one of these episodes, hopefully Matt We'll be drinking an Ethan Ertz-supplied beer. We'll see, because I made a run recently. Ah, yes. All right, good. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, I have Hayes, one of the major standbys from uh, Charlotte, Massachusetts' own Treehouse Brewing. It's uh, one of their what, top four most famous. You got what, Green, Hayes, Julius, and... Uh, Oh, I'm forgetting one other one. Those are the big three is. is sap maybe? Um, no, I haven't done sap in a while. A um is Doppelganger... is Doppelganger. Doppelganger is yeah. up there. Yeah. <clears throat>
2: yeah.
3: Wait, so, so is is that is that a beer from Ethan? Yeah, it's one that Ethan
1: uh, Ethan graciously picked up and, and dropped off yeah. as he was heading back from the uh, Great state of Connecticut.
2: Yeah, my parents live 45 minutes away from the the Treehouse compound in Charlotte, Massachusetts. It's this huge campus, this huge building. It's really impressive. Um, and Treehouse, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Treehouse one of the OGs as far as like New England IPAs and Hazy IPAs?
1: Um, not one of the real, real OGs. But the, like, real,
2: the real, real OGs would be what? Alchemist and Hill Farmstead?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: uh, Alchemist, Hill Farmstead, Lawson's. Lawson's.
1: Um, Right. I'd say they're up there. I mean, they were, geez, 20, 2012, 2013 okay. is when Treehouse started to put stuff out. So they're, they're
2: probably as famous as anybody at this oh,
1: point, yeah.
3: right? Oh yeah. yeah, some of the most
2: sought after beers out there. Yeah,
3: yeah. Wait, but. so shit, Matt, I could have gotten that Reese's beer from Ethan.
1: No, they, they didn't have it earlier. this time. But I did have him buy me a bourbon barrel aged uh, peanut butter banana beer. So maybe <laughs> I have that. Maybe I say that to have with you. It's uh yeah do it it's, for elvis it's it's a tribute to mr mr
3: elvis presley mr presley that is awesome
1: yeah no they didn't have any they didn't have hold on to sunshine I, I, ethan i was telling colin treehouse was a beer that tastes like
2: reese's pieces oh wow um Ooh. but they didn't have it this time so. i mean i liked that almond joy stout that we had last time i that went was to treehouse so that one was good it wasn't even um like i, I don't know that i could have drank a whole bottle or a whole can but it was tasty
1: Well, that's the problem with the diabetes stouts. like, you know, it's, it's just, you know, especially when they used to sell them in like 22 or 25 ounce bottles. It's like, I, that's not enough for one person or that's, excuse me, way too much, too much for one person.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Kyle, what you got? Yeah. I'll show you real quick. Uh, I've got a chocolate peanut butter stout from ass clown right here in the charlotte north carolina area one wait that's favorite. the name of the brewery ass clown ass clown yeah in, out of yeah. charlotte oh that's amazing okay yeah i don't know if you can yeah you can kind of see the logo right there <laughs> yeah. yeah um great i mean it, like it's it's a very small uh, little brewery in a strip mall um it's technically in uh cornelius uh, so just north of charlotte but um, great spot. Um, you know, a little tough sometimes with COVID cause they don't really have an outdoor um, area, but the inside is like, you know, definitely like what you would think of a kind of a smaller brewery, you know, intimate just, uh, has its own kind of natural feel. It doesn't, it doesn't kind of, you know, feel corporate-ish, you know, how you can like walk into some breweries these days and they all kind of look the same. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And, and they have amazing beers. I mean, um, you know, I just I did a big beer run for Christmas presents, you know, including um, some that uh, I, I sent to you guys. But um, I probably ended up with like half the order was Ask Clown beer just because they, they had so many good uh, options there. So they're my they're probably my third favorite in Charlotte. Like Legion is my number one. Um, uh, Wooden Robots, my number two. And then uh, Ask Clown. Number three. What's the one you sent to me? The the stout. Where's that from? Is that Sycamore? That's Sycamore. Yeah. So Sycamore is really cool too. Um, definitely an awesome outdoor space. Uh, pretty much every year we try to get to the Lobster Fest there, uh, which is uh, they have cousins' main uh, lobster tr- uh, food truck uh, come and uh, yeah, they have uh, lobster quesadillas, lobster grilled cheese, you know, a bunch lobster of different lobster quesadillas. What? Oh yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. Super good stuff. And they so their their brother their cousins that are from maine obviously you know that that's where the the name comes from um but they started down here you know the, the whole operation and somehow they get everything fresh from maine um to to work with and everything but yeah sycamore always has like a bunch of the, the bigger things in charlotte because it is such a big space uh, especially outdoors so um and, and they do have a, a pretty good beer selection too that's probably top five um for me in, in terms of breweries here nice
1: well, I uh, yeah, My apologies. I'm not drinking your ass clown, but uh, I only got one left in the fridge right now. So.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I specifically I wanted to you're you're always the hardest to shop for um, because you obviously know so much. And I was like, I wanted to get you something different. So like I'm looking up on untapped. I'm trying to see and, and everything. But I also wanted to get you something local to Charlotte and, and everything. So um, I thought it was a good one. Just kind of based on my homework and research that I did but you never know until it tastes your lips and or touches your lips and you get to taste it but I'm glad it worked out well yeah
1: and you don't see that many Imperial Pilsners out there which is kind of neat yeah. so um but they they did a good job uh yeah we we shared we yeah. split a couple beers over Thanksgiving my, my uh dad my brother and I so yeah very thank cool. you very much
3: yeah yeah that's awesome I'm glad they got to taste it too and everything. Uh, I was going to ask, uh, you know, this, this can be the first of the nonsense, uh, questions that we get into today. Um, I think this was with Timmy and Toddy actually, that we were talking about this. There was sometime over Thanksgiving, maybe somebody texted it in my, um, my, in the family chat. Is it Reese's or is it Reese's? How do you say that when you talk about that candy Reese's? Correct?
2: Yeah, correctly, it's Reese's. I used to say Reese's as a kid just to like annoy people. Reese's is absolutely <laughs> like, what it, it, is.
1: it is. The it is the plural of the name Reese. Yeah, it's it Reese's. belongs to Reese. You don't say I want a PC of pie. You say I want a piece of pie. You okay. say I want Reese's pieces.
3: Okay. Okay. So take away the technicality of it, Matt Root. What do you say? Do you, do you give? Okay, Ethan. What do you say?
2: Um. It depends on who I'm around. If, if I think that Reese's will annoy them, then I'll say Reese's. But otherwise, I'll just say Reese's because that's correct.
3: I don't think I've said Reese's in 20 years. <laughs> I always say Reese's. If I'm at the ice cream shop, if I'm talking to family, if I'm talking to strangers, I don't care who it is. It's Reese's to me. Well, you're not concerned with being correct about anything,
2: so that's not surprising. <laughs> yeah, I'm only on a professional podcasting network. I... Cle- okay, we are on there, so clearly this network doesn't really give much of a shit about about what they're fucking hosting. I mean, come on.
1: Hey, hey, don't don't piss off our blue wire overlords. Fair enough. Or, yeah. or as as John Oliver would call it, the, our business daddy. Our business daddy.
3: <laughs>
1: <clears throat> but yeah, um, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'll make sure to offer you pieces of pizza, and you know, uh-huh. pieces on Earth and. You know, I don't know, just it's Reese it belongs to Reese.
3: Yep. It's his. All right. All right. Well, that's so. our, our first nonsense segment of the day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with that, I want to move in. So I'm, I'm going to hijack the conversation here because I have a I have a fun segment um, that I'm calling. Uh, what pisses you off more? And uh, so I know we don't talk often about college football on this podcast, um, but the college football world has been on fire since the end of the regular season this past weekend. <laughs> uh, notably uh, there have been a couple of big coaching changes, uh, including Penn state lost their defensive coordinator um, to uh, Virginia tech. Uh, but that was, that was not the, uh, the, the main uh, changes that happened. The big uh, changes is Lincoln Riley, uh, who was the head coach at Oklahoma is headed to USC and Brian Kelly uh, whose team actually, whose former team actually still has a chance to get into the playoffs this year, Notre Dame is on his way to Louisiana State University. And um, <laughs> I don't need to get into the details of, you know, why they left and everything. But there were two tweets when, you know, this is, this is all happening that kind of, um, you know, give you both sides as to, like, why these decisions get made and, like, what the landscape is. And um, I want to know uh, from both of you, what pisses you off more? The first tweet that I'm going to read you or the second tweet? Okay. <laughs> okay. All <laughs> yeah. right. So this first tweet is the Lincoln Riley USC contract details. This is just a, a few of the highlights. $110 million. This is his contract amount. USC is buying both of his homes in Norman, Oklahoma, for five hundred thousand dollars over the asking price, plus he gets a one million dollar signing bonus. USC is also buying him a six million dollar home in LA for, for his family. And he gets unlimited use of the private jet of a private jet twenty four seven for him and his family. Those are just highlights. Did
2: you say a hundred and ten million? Hundred and ten million. Since which... when do head coaches get those kind of deals?
3: Since 2021, what? since Saban, really Saban Dabo, I, I yeah. thought coaches made like five million
2: a year at most. No, yeah. we've, been, we've been in the eight to ten million range for a little while. No shit. So yeah. this is a long contract, though. What, like ten years, 110 million? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what the length <laughs> is
3: of his, but okay. that wouldn't be surprising. Holy fuck! All right, yeah. So this is you know that 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 tweet was designed to give you an idea of of everything that Lincoln Riley is getting. Maybe deservedly sold. so, given the profession and the toxicity of college football and the pressure and, and everything. Here's the other tweet. And so this tweet comes from Reese Davis, who, for people who don't know, is like one of college football's most respected uh, reporters. Wait,
1: wait, who's it come from?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not Reese Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, spelled...
1: Whose who, who's tweet? Is it Reese's <laughs> tweet?
3: It is spelt differently here. You can you can see it. R-E-C-E. Hmm.
1: Continue. Good,
3: good call out. I made that <laughs> call out. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. All right. Um, so this tweet comes from Reese Davis and it says, one more thing on this. I don't blame coaches. If they can be fired five months after an extension in less than two years after winning it all for an on-field performance... So I'm not sure who he's talking about the five months, but the two years is the LSU head coach Orgeron, um, yeah. getting, getting fired. Um, then who can blame them for looking out for themselves? But this isn't good for the sport or the enterprise. I will go first and I will say that tweet number two pisses me off more. Um, I imagine tweet number one pisses Ethan off more because it's like the equivalent of, um, of like Elon Musk or something. Uh, you know, in, in college football. Uh, but anyway, tweet number two pisses me off because I don't understand why it's bad that other human beings are trying to do what is best for them. Even if that, does, even if that makes it so that the college football landscape is a little less unstable than like traditionally what we're used to college football will survive. They will figure things out. Like, I don't think it's bad that Lincoln Riley took that deal that he's getting at USC. Anyone with a, 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 a right mind would be like, fuck yeah, sign me up for that. Like, that's, that's an easy call. But, like, to say that it's bad that coaches are, you know, leaving traditionally secure jobs to, like, a little bit more context. A Oklahoma coach has not left for another college coach since the 1940s. Wow! And as far as I think, when this whole Brian Kelly thing happened, a Notre Dame head coach had never left for another. Like directly another left college, for another. Yeah. yeah. At some point, they' <clears throat> there's been coaches who have coached again in college, like Charlie White and, and, and Ty Willingham. <laughs> Charlie White, <Weiss>. um, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but. They never went directly from, and so like it is a whole new era, but I think I'm cool with it. You know, is, is what I'm getting at. So like that tweet though pisses me off more because I don't I don't understand why it's bad, or I don't understand like why we think that we need to hold people back um uh, because we need to college football needs to be like this traditional way of Joe Paterno making two hundred thousand dollars a year or something like that, like it's and, and staying with the same school for forty years.
1: Come on, Ethan.
2: You've got to have uh, uh, something to say. I do. Um, so, well, first of all, the, the Reese Davis tweet is a little tough because he's making this really huge general statement. But unless there's a big, is there a big thread following that, or no? I don't know because he's not. He's not I'm, elaborating. As I'm to pulling why a cousin
3: Greg. I'm just taking it out of context oh, okay. for my own.
2: Gotcha. But so he's not, I would like to know what his actual detailed points would be about why it's bad for the sport and why it's bad for the enterprise. Um, Because, I don't know, to me, the market is what it is. Like, clearly, USC really wanted Lincoln Riley badly. I mean, that's fucking insane what they gave him. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, if, if you are in a position, you are that in demand. Fucking get, get whatever you can get. If you're that in demand, take advantage of it. And also, I look at this the same way I look at players getting their huge contracts in any of the major sports. Like, get your fucking money. Like, yeah. the coaches, in, in, in this case, there is the wrinkle of, I think, that the players should be paid.
3: Um, which that's a whole, that's a whole other thing. We can do a deep dive but on the that. The players do, time. the players do have an opportunity to be paid now on top of getting their education paid. For right. But they do now. Okay. They,
1: they have an opportunity to earn, earn from their likeness. They are not getting paid for the revenue they generate for the university.
2: Right. And so, and then, so that's my point. So the universities are, especially these big ones, they're rich as fuck. They have massive endowments They have tons of rich alumni who give them money all the time. They're charging exorbitant amounts for tuition. So um, as far as I'm concerned, the more that they are paying the people who are doing work, the better. So if that's a head coach, if that's the players, professors, whatever, they all should be getting paid because fuck all these like huge colleges who have turned education into a business where profit is like the number one thing. Um, So in terms of the tweets, I think... I think maybe number two. uh, Number one doesn't really piss me off. I mean, I hope that he doesn't use the private jet because environmentally speaking, that's just incredibly irresponsible. Um, But in terms of the probably already been on it seven times. Probably, I know, probably. But in terms of the rest of that shit, like, so here's the thing: I don't pay attention to college football. I've never even heard of this guy. But the fact that like a storied program like USC paid him that much and did all that much, holy fuck! Is this dude? Does he have like the the like the hottest dick in fucking college football? Like my god, I mean this is insane. Um, I never even heard of him. Um, so <clears throat> but granted, like I said, I don't follow college football, but still, that's amazing. Um, but that doesn't bother me. Like, if you if if you are wanted that bad, get it. Um Reese Davis, I would just like to know what his point like what, what he's actually trying to get at. Like, why is this bad? People should get paid. You know, and the market is what it is.
1: Is is that a tacit endorsement of the free market by Ethan? See, that's right? the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> I think that's, that's Ethan endorsing free market capitalism right no, now. No. Uh-uh. Just I'm,
2: saying. No, I'm not in- endorsing an entirely free market economy. I'm saying that... Wait, roll these, the tape back, Colin. In very <laughs> specific... Said, if in- that's the market, yes. he needs to get what he can get. In very specific contexts, t- yes, do what the market... Take advantage of the market. If In this kind of case, I'm not saying that the free market... Should um, extend to the entire economy because when we're talking about, oh, un- so you're
1: talking about China's economy, <clears> though?
2: <throat> um, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about an economy that has some sense of of some semblance of regulation and rules. As opposed to unfettered capitalism, unfettered free market capitalism, which has led to our country being where it is right now, uh, which is to say the worst income and wealth inequality since the uh, Gilded Age. I won't go into it any more than that because that's not what this show is about, this particular episode. That's not what this is about. But there's a difference in my mind between being okay with the market, like within athletics, within a sport, and endorsing free market capitalism as a whole i get what you're saying and i kind of expected oh, you no, to say you know, something to I no i could and I, I could tell by the look on your face i knew you were like ready to say something about that so. well, no, i
1: mean I'm, I'm with you um i think colin's point is the biggest that um it's not like the university is going to show loyalty to these coaches um yeah exactly mm-hmm. um, unless you've got a name like Shashevsky or sabin um you know they're gonna boot you as soon as
2: you have two or three bad seasons. Yep. Um, or even just me- medium seasons, not yeah. even necessarily a bad season, right? Yeah. You know,
1: well, I mean, if Dabo starts the year off, you know, with with two losses or something next year, I'm betting you they're gonna be calling to, to get him. He, you know, he's been one of the most successful coaches in college football. Is that how you um, pronounce his name? Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, Dabo. Um. So, so to that extent, yeah, I, I do agree, Ethan. Um, if that's what someone's gonna pay you for your services. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I do think it's ridiculous. That where, where I where I get ticked off about those massive numbers, uh, I mean, I, I feel like some of the stuff like the house stuff is excessive, but <laughs> if you could negotiate that in, fine, whatever. Um, yeah. But um, where I do think, you know, <clears throat> USC's football program is obviously generating enough revenue that they can afford to spend, you know, $15 million on a coach a year or whatever it's going to be. Um, So I I just hate that they're still pushing the myth of, well, well, the students are getting paid with their, with a free education. Well, no, no. And, and yeah, okay. The new, the new deal out there allows them to make, make money off their likenesses, but still from their actual work and the time that they put in on the field, that that money goes to university's pockets, to the athletic departments. And yes, I know there's a lot of noble, Noble conversations and arguments that can be made that says, well, the revenue the football team generates also supports, you know, the water polo team. And and to an extent, yes. Um, But there's also ways to do that without generating tons and tons of money. Take a look at some of these D3 schools, like the one that I went to or Ithaca College that Ethan went to, right? Ithaca's D3. Yeah, D3. That still support successful athletic programs um, with meager budgets. Uh, and yeah, does that mean it comes from some other le- line item on the university budget year? Yeah, probably comes out of the student activity fee or probably comes out of a footnote in some sort of budgetary line item, but that didn't limit opportunities for any students. Um, so I don't know, that's where I, I, I kind of, I get a little more frustrated. Um, having, you know, been friends with, with a lot of student athletes at CASE that put a lot of their time and resources into that pursuit um, I'd say they a lot of them had just as fulfilling or even more fulfilling experiences at college without having to be you know playing at a four hundred thousand person stadium or one hundred thousand I don't know I'm I'm going off on a tangent I'm I'm losing it
2: um, I, I have a question I don't think I've ever asked you guys this before do you did you guys know anybody from from Liverpool from our high school who played D one like and did like a full thing I remember a couple of names who. They were, they were like being recruited. Did, Caitlin did Flynn. Who? Caitlin Flynn. Yep. Okay. And she did like a whole, she did like, track. she did it for all four years. Yeah. She was, she was doing track. She did D1. Is there anybody Shout else that you guys know? I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, I know it wasn't like Lonnie Johnson one Johnson D1, played. Uh, but he didn't played. do all four years. Didn't he like he kind of drop out? He did a year out? at
1: Syracuse. He did a year or two at Gardner Webb, um, which is one double a, um,
2: Yeah. Call anybody from soccer? in our class not in our class just anybody that you knew that we overlapped with. oh there's or that
1: jo- the goalie
2: josh guy uh, oh yeah josh ford yep. yeah he's Played in like the mls yeah so so okay so a couple a couple guys yeah. that were at school at the same time as us did do a couple people did do uh to yeah. do d1 okay yeah i was just curious i couldn't i couldn't remember yeah
1: <clears throat> tyler um, ash remember she she got a year or two at syracuse <laughs>
2: yep now uh, did did hannah our our uh our best friend our uh, the the favorite Schlobina. guest, of the Shalabina. Did she do D one or no? I know she was a college athlete. Yep, she was yeah, D one. Sm- okay, small, so next time, um,
3: small school by Matt. Yeah, but D one. Okay, next time she's I on, we you should ask school? her about that. I, I forget the name of it off the top of my head. <laughs>
2: oh man, I'd be really in Ohio? To Liberal arts uh... school
3: in Ohio? No, no, no. no um, where yeah. you are now? In Philly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah i would love to
2: she i would love to hear her perspective on all of this just yeah. uh just on like d1 athlete life in general but also just all this stuff we're talking about in terms of the money and where it should go we we
3: should definitely have her talk about that that'd be interesting yeah well we we have been talking she wants to come on um which will <laughs> uh, it'll make toddy mad because Toddie wants to come on too and i told her no tonight
2: <laughs> <laughs> we got to get cousin greg on
3: Cousin, yes, Greg, cousin, cousin Greg cousin Greg said too.
2: he's ready to come on.
3: Yep, yeah. We got a we got a whole lineup. I know you've got your your mom's in Long Island and Matt's got his hockey That's friends right. and everything. So yeah, we'll figure okay. it out. We we've we've got holidays coming
2: up. More yeah, twenty twenty two maybe. We'll just uh line yeah. up the guests for like the first couple months. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: maybe maybe I need to bring a couple of my um suffering Cleveland Cleveland sports fans on too. <laughs> um Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, uh my friend Matt, just to just to rip off a quote, uh you know, concerning the Giants and firing Jason Garrett, Garrett he said, "Whoa!" And they're replacing him with Freddie. I can get that whole engine block rebuilt in a couple of days. Kitchen. <laughs> so, um, always good commentary from Matt Seamiller If you're listening out there, thank you. That made me laugh. This um, actually
2: reminds me. Um, can I can I interrupt and have us talk about something real quick before we get back to Colin your list?
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. I just stopped the music for you. Perfect. So the Jason Garrett thing reminded me. Because my dad, who listens sometimes, as you guys know, um, he wanted us to discuss a couple things. Um, number one, we already talked We already talked about this in our texting thread, but we didn't talk about it on the pod, and I can't remember exactly what you guys thought, but we're going to go to baseball real quick. <laughs> my dad um, thinks that Paul O'Neill would be a great choice for Yankees manager. Um, now, <clears throat> I... Um, I love Paulie as a broadcaster. You guys know this. I think that him and Michael Kay and David Cohn, I love that trio. I think it's wonderful, and I actually love the things that Paulie and David both say. And I and I they have they have different perspectives. I love I love what they have to say about uh, about the game and everything like that. I don't know that Paulie is cut out to be a manager, but I do love him as a broadcaster, and I do love what he brings to the table. Remind I don't know if my dad's going to listen to this, but remind me what you guys thought about this, and I can at least tell him.
1: I don't know. I can't see Polly going back to that, you know, mid nineties intensity that I think would be needed for a manager. I just, he's too much like, you know, Bert and like David Cohn is his Ernie or something. Yeah, too right. much just like, you know, like, Oh, look at all these stories
0: we have. Ho, ho, ho. He just, yeah. He loves
2: being goofy and just yeah, like making which, fun which of which Michael Kay, which is fine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, you know, I, I don't know. I just can't see them him kind of. Getting back to that level where I think he would need to to uh, be at to kind of run a clubhouse.
3: Yeah. Hard no for me. Hard mm-hmm. no. Well, you uh, hate Colonial. So I, I was thinking Pinky in the brain. Now, that, that was the analogy I was going to use with him <laughs> and <Kony>. <laughs> <laughs> pinky uh, in the brain. Actually, you know, that, that that's, that's actually,
1: I think, better because Coney <laughs> is the shorter the brain. Yeah.
2: That's pretty funny. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, Kyle, it's not even a question for you. Okay. So, all right. So, that's that. The other thing, the Jason Garrett thing, is what reminded me. My dad wanted to know what we all thought about Jason Garrett getting fired. Now, I, you guys know I don't pay enough attention to the NFL these days to have that strong of an opinion. I know that the Giants have been garbage for years, and it seems like none of their big decisions have worked out. And so my opinion on the Giants is that they should just clean house everywhere. I think that just they should, they should just be a fucking like a, a, a reset, um, like brand new front office, brand new coaching staff, everything. Um, but again, I don't follow super closely. But you guys follow more closely, what are your thoughts on Jason Garrett getting fired?
1: I think the Giants of 2021 are like the Browns of 2012.
2: Oh my god, that's horrible.
1: Inept front office making continually making poor choices for leadership and coaching um and the it, draft. And, and we'll end the draft. Yeah. And well, in thinking that they're smarter than everyone in the draft and taking someone like Daniel Jones, who is, he is a passable NFL quarterback. He is not a, a cornerstone quarterback. Um, You know, I I'd say, well, no, and, and, Colin, and, and this is, this is not, I was about to say the only pick they got right was Saquon, but I'm going to say, I don't even think that's right because, and this is not, this is not a hedge or this is not an insult to Saquon's talent. I just think that's too high to draft a running back. Um, I don't think that he didn't deserve to go in the first round, but to draft him that high was, was tough. You know, it, it's tough to have a, a cornerstone player be a running back just because of durability issues. And again, that's, that's not a shot at Saquon. Um, it's just the nature it's of with the any beast. running back, unless, yeah. you know, unless your name is Frank Gore, who isn't even a top tier running back. He just has played forever and has, you know, the third fourth or fourth most rushing yards of ever of all time. Like, I, I, you know and, and to, to give them a little bit of credit, I mean, you know, we're like degrees of of error away from being like it could be a brilliant pick if if just a couple things go differently. But I just I don't know. I see kind of repeated mistakes kind of like the Browns did over and over and over again. Um you don't see them turning the corner and starting to have those kind of foundational years. Uh and, and the Browns may not be I mean the Browns may be sputtering out right now. Um, you know, Baker, there's there's questions there about
2: Baker, maybe not being the right person. Well, isn't he like super hurt? Doesn't he have like a billion injuries? Yeah. He's
1: he's got like a separated shoulder or something.
2: (laughs) A separated shoulder as a quarterback. Like, yeah.
1: So he, I mean, he, he's got a couple problems, but, um, and again, shout out to Matt Seamiller. There's a lot of criticism amongst the Cleveland plans, fans right now about um, Baker, not knowing how to go through a reprogression. And also um, he's not, I guess, according to some, some Cleveland news media, He's given two plays he, he doesn't do line changes he either says you know play one or play two and that's it so that's there's a lot of consternation in the Cleveland fan fan base of like why is he running these plays even though he's seeing the defense out to like demolish them he's, he only has two plays he doesn't audible out of anything he just has two plays one or two and
2: that's why they're looking like garbage but anyway that seems um, impossible what? That seems impossible. What well, NFL but team? That,
1: that is the word out of Cleveland right now. Okay, but what NFL do...
2: team would keep playing a quarterback that only knows two plays?
1: No, it's not that he only knows two plays. It's that he he's only calls given two plays. two plays coming out of the offense or coming out of the huddle. Instead of someone like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, who's going to go up there and may just improvise a play based mm-hmm. on what they see, or may call something completely different. He just has two plays, and that's what he goes from. They give him two plays every time they go in the huddle. Do this one or do this one. And that's all he does. Huh. Because he can't make reads and can't make decisions. But anyways. Okay. All I right. digress. Jason Garrett, I don't think is a, the... Uh, I think he's he not needed the problem, to go, but I don't right. think he's <laughs> the reason the, the, the Giants are doing so poorly.
3: Yeah. Kyle? Yeah, I guess I'll punt on dissecting the Giants until the end of the season.
1: <laughs> okay.
3: Fair enough. Um, but Jason Garrett... I mean, I I agree he wasn't the only problem. There are a lot of problems, but I do not think he was a solution either. I I think his track record toward the end in Dallas was an indicator of what they were getting in New York. And, yeah, it was mediocre.
1: Wasn't he Mr. 8-8? Yeah, Dallas, Dallas finished 8-8 eight eight, like three or four seasons in a row? Like-
3: yeah, yeah but, but even not, not even the the records, just what those teams did on offense. You know, he's supposed to be this offensive genius and maybe he was, you know, 15, 20 years ago, but that, that is long past. And, and like when you have a team as limited as, as the giants are, and they have some bright pieces, you know, here and there, you, you need someone who has more innovation, who can, you know, kind of be able to fill in those gaps. And he just, he just wanted to keep doing the same thing that he was probably doing back in the early two thousands. And I mean, the giants just don't have the talent to do that. (laughs) Um, And, and they certainly, I I totally agree with your assessment on Daniel Jones. I I do not think he's a cornerstone quarterback. And like when you don't have that, it it makes it, you're, you're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. I
1: mean, he's, he's good enough to play in the NFL. He's proved that he's got some skill, but I just don't, I mean, he's like a backup plus like, He's like Jason Campbell. Yeah. Like, yeah, he can plug a hole, but I really wouldn't want him being my starting quarterback for more than a year.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. consistency's not there. Do you uh, think that we can get Jamarcus Russell to come out of
3: retirement? <laughs> well, he hates football, so probably not.
1: <laughs> Just why why stop at Jamarcus Russell? You can go for the hefty lefty.
2: <laughs> Who is that? Jared Larrenzen, right? Oh, Lorenzen. The um, wasn't he like? Wasn't he yeah, huge? Yeah, the hefty lefty. Oh, hefty, hefty. I thought you said happy. No, no, the hefty. lefty. <laughs> yeah, well, he was like three hundred pounds or something, right? Well, he was like fucking gigantic. Yeah. There was a he picture was that came giants. out a couple years ago. He was
1: playing in like a Canadian indoor football league or something, and it's
2: just yeah. yeah, He's just giant. And I wasn't even thinking about size. I was just thinking about like famous busts. Oh. You know?
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he 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 was a giant back. He was Eli Manning's backup mm-hmm. one time. So.
1: Because he could throw the ball a mile. I remember yeah. that. Like yeah. They'd put him in for the seventy-yard hail marys.
2: Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's cool. Um, All right, thanks. Thanks for humouring me, guys, on that. I just wanted to get talk about those while I uh, remembered them.
3: Kyle, what's next? Let's move to another nonsense topic. We have a mailbag question from cousin Greg. So Ooh. the cousin Greg mailbag segment yep. is exactly yeah. That's its own segment now. Yeah, didn't <laughs> play. The question is very simple, although I don't think the answer is quite as simple well m- maybe it is i guess it depends on what your opinion is but the question is is cereal a soup is cereal a soup yes
2: <laughs> where does he fucking come up with these questions they crack
1: he's, me got, up. Four kids. he's like, got four is kids it's like burrito a sandwich
2: like, yeah exactly is it, or like is a hot dog a sandwich it's one of these questions um i've never ever thought about this before matt do you have an opinion uh, off the top of your head i have to think about this for a second
1: um i want to say it's a suspension a suspension yeah like yeah, it's, not, it's not a mixture it's not It's it's just it's not homogeneous it's not a solution you've got stuff floating in something else <laughs>
2: Okay. Oh, it's su- suspend, as in floating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, Ethan, if you remember your earth science, you have I don't fucking remember solutions, any. suspensions.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the third magic one is a colloid. Is that a and real why question? Why is it called a colloid? Because if you want to remember, a milk is a great example of a colloid, and a colloid is kind of like a bastardized suspension. Like, you got smaller particles that are kind of in suspension, but not really. And that's where milk has, like, lactose and proteins and everything's floating in the cow juice. So, anyway.
2: Okay, so you know that I can't even remember, like, important personal interactions that I had with close friends, right? So how the fuck am I going to remember anything from some random class from 2003 to 2007? Ain't going to happen. Unless it's music. If it's music, I'll I'll remember. Okay? Anyways, all right. So here's... That's totally fair as far as cereal goes. I I like that. I get that. Um, I I think Matt's on the right track there. And I think for me, I'm going to say that it's not a soup. I'm going to say that soup is is defined by its liquid being like a broth or broth-based. Yeah. And I don't know if that's technically true. But I think that every soup I've ever had is broth or broth-based. And I think when people think of soup, that's what they think of. And so I think that milk doesn't count.
1: Well, what about gazpacho? Is that is that a
2: broth? I don't think that counts as soup. I mean... But it, it's cold tomato soup, right? Oh, wait. I'm thinking of ceviche. I was thinking ceviche. of ceviche. What is, what is ceviche? I don't know. Ceviche is um, like raw seafood, and it gets... It basically gets cooked in... Um, oh, citrus. Like citrus, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like over time, you put some citrus in, and it kind of... Yeah.
1: Now, now Colin, a pound for the <laughs> reflection. I would say, though, that cereal and milk could be closer to a stew... Because stew involves just like chunks, like you know, yeah. Yeah. And there's not really broth in stew. It's just kind of like you let the flavors incorporate together, (laughs) right? (laughs) So you know, kind of like you get you get your cereal milk. You know, you get like you know the best part of Cocoa Puffs is you get your like hint of chocolate milk in there. Yes. Um, So you know, maybe it's a stew. I would go with stew. What are I some do other? Too. I think salad liquid me. mixtures of edible foods. Yeah. Um, can we think of anything else? I mean, it's, you know, not a milkshake because that's that's all blended. Yeah. Um. You know, oh man, is there any other salad salad liquid kind <coughs> of food out there? Like snow cones. It's not a. It's not a snow cone. I really wouldn't say it's like a smoothie because again, there's cold. no blending. No. Nah. But there's no chunky broth. I mean, there's there's no broth there. It's just like chunky. Chunky stuff.
3: Yeah.
1: Now, maybe a chowder. I don't know. Maybe a chowder. <laughs> a chowder. I mean, chowder is like cream based. Basically no, right? the chowder or creamy. I'd say stew. I'm gonna stick with stew.
3: Very interesting. Thank you. Thank you, Cousin Greg. Yeah, thanks, cousin Greg. Yeah.
1: Colin, what do you think?
3: <laughs> I, I'm with you, Matt. I, I think you convinced me stew. Before that, I was just gonna say no, not a soup, but I'll go with stew. Well, what be. about chili though? I feel like chili's kind of a stew.
1: Yeah, I'd say chili is a derivative of stew. Yeah. Except right. instead of chunks,
2: you've got, like, ground beef. Yeah. Well, uh, Cousin Greg makes us think hard about mundane things, that's yeah. for sure.
1: <laughs> also, I everyone, I'm planning on making chili now, so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> With homegrown cayenne peppers. Ooh, Ooh yum. Really good. Yes. Send it along. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Major League Baseball madness. Um <clears throat> We are hours away from what is increasingly looking like a lockout uh, for the players. Um, seven minutes of negotiating today, and uh, there was no seven indication. Seven minutes. Seven minutes, yeah. Not seven minutes in heaven either. So yeah. uh, no indication that they were going to talk again uh, before the CBA expires at 11.59 tonight, which is roughly... Uh, what two two and a half hours away um, yep. at this point? So uh, not looking good. However, uh, there has been a ton of movement in baseball over the past few days, especially since Thanksgiving. Um, some big deals: Max Scherzer's on the move. Uh, Marcus Stroman signed tonight. Ooh, who did he uh, sign with? Cubbies. Oh Three years. Yep. Wow, he chose
1: the Cubs over someone like the Mets, the Yankees. Wow.
3: Yep, Cubbies, the Rangers locked up uh, Simeon and uh, Seager. Um, the Yankees and the Dodgers have been quiet to this point. I haven't looked at Twitter, um, but uh, you know there's there's still some time to make make a move. It's not a hard deadline uh, because baseball will will return at some point, and there are over 300 free agents still left on the market. So there will be another free agent frenzy. And I know that drives Yankee fans crazy that they haven't made a move yet, but um, the season's not over. Uh, What what I, I guess we can, what we can do is we can go around. um, Oh, one thing I want to say real quick. I forgot to top off the cherry on top about the college football talk. Um, In Lincoln Riley's presser the other day, he said that USC was going to be the Mecca of college football. And Isaiah Thomas, who is a player for him on Oklahoma, uh, tweeted and on Instagram posted that uh, he told us that last week. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Uh, all right. So anyway, uh, back to baseball. I thought we could all pick a topic to talk about related to the frenzy, the hot stove uh, or the CBA, whatever you want to talk about. My topic is this. Um, So at the moment, there are at least three teams. This is according to Buster only. uh, There are at least three teams who are poised to pay the rosters less than what Scherzer will make, and that is the Pirates, the Guardians, and the Orioles. I do not think that will be the case come opening day, but I think it speaks to what we have talked about in this podcast before in the larger problem of um, there needs to be some type of penalty for teams that don't spend money like that whether that's a you put in a salary floor or you actually penalize them in the same way that you, you penalize teams for overspending there needs to be incentive for these teams to spend otherwise they're not going to and like say what you want about that like you know from the player's perspective and that hurting their contracts but from a competitive standpoint it hurts the product and that's what really bothers me about that. And I, I just cannot stand, as you guys know, the people that cry about Hale Steinbrenner pocketing his $500 million a year, whatever it is, when the Rays pocket far more when you talk about percentage versus what they actually pay for a payroll of their roster. It, it just absolutely drives me insane. I do not like it. I do not think it's good for baseball. And I think that is like the number one thing that should be fixed. I do not think it gets fixed with the CBA, Um, but it is, it is a problem that eats at me. And I guess that's as close to a rant as I'll get. (laughs)
1: I've got, I've got, I think, I think is an insightful thing as to why this happens because let's compare it to the NFL where they have, they do have, what is it? Is the no the nba has a minimum salary but the nfl's got their salary cap but yep. the the huge difference is there are no teams with local tv deals in yeah. the nfl the nfl has few enough games that they can sign their nbc fox cbs espn amazon prime on thursday nights that you know national tv deals and then just divvy it up and say all right everyone gets this much here's the pot of money let's go forward while, and then you know in the MLB, I mean, if you want to look at the teams that are spending a lot of money, you got Texas with that the Dallas TV market. You've got LA with giant contracts in LA. New York has got um, you know obviously New York and Boston are huge TV markets. They've got giant TV deals. Um, so that's gonna you know line their pockets quite a bit more than Tampa. You know, and not to say that Colin, you're right. I mean, they're still these are still massive tv deals i mean that look at what the nats did when they got a, a pretty big tv deal i mean they they went all in was it eight or nine years ago uh, and just started signing everyone under the sun um to try and make a run at it that didn't work until they actually were you know a middling wildcard team a couple years ago but there are avenues for lower revenue teams to do it but i think they'll everyone will kind of point behind that massive tv revenue disparity and say well that's why we're not spending enough um you know the, the 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 tough part is when you do look at their books, whether it's Jeffrey Laurie's Marlins or the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Rays, you can see where um, any of that competitive balance revenue sharing money isn't going towards the product of the field; it's going towards Laurie's pockets, which that is is frustrating. And that's kind of my immature response to everyone who used to criticize the Yankees back in the day before they got timid with their money was. I'd rather have my guy spend it on the players and pocket it. Like, I'd rather have the Yankees put it on the field um, than lie in their pockets. Um, So, I don't know. I think that's – there's enough smart people in the major leagues that they need to figure out how to get around
3: that. So, yeah. um, And David, David Cohn talked about this on his podcast, too, Matt, at that point that this whole thing with the CBA right now, it's not a players versus an owners. It's a small market versus big market problem right now. Like that's, and that's what it's always been like even going back to 94, the last time that there was a work stoppage like that, that was the whole thing. There were like 10 teams. I think I, from the reporting that I did in my book, 10 teams that were in the red early in the nineties, you know, in terms of revenue. And then you have the Yankees, you have the blue Jays at the time, (laughs) you know, teams that were, you know, really spending a lot of money, making a lot of revenue and whatnot. Um, And so this isn't a new problem, but I mean, I I just, I don't know how it gets fixed other than like a solution of penalizing teams for not spending enough or instituting some type of salary floor. like those, those are the only only two things that make sense to me.
1: Is is there some sort of radical solution? Like everyone spending more than a hundred million on their payroll goes in one division? And everyone spending less goes in another division, and like hmm. only the people spending hundred million or more play for the World Series or something, something like that, something dumb. And all that will never happen. But maybe, maybe like yeah. to win the World Series, the forty million dollar team. No, I mean that's backwards thinking. Like the forty million dollar team would have to win like four games versus like the Yankees would have to win like two games. So that, that's right, just making right. it easy for the team spending more. But yeah. I don't know. There's, is there something creative you can put put towards it? I, I don't know. Might
2: be. Now, so when you say what this only was talking about teams that are going to be spending less on their rosters than Scherzer's contract, do they mean? <coughs> excuse me, does he mean Scherzer's entire contract? No, like AAV, the, AAV, yeah, forty-three million. Yeah. Wait, how is anybody still spending that little? Ethan, maybe when's the last time we went on Sport Track? I uh, haven't in a while. What was the lowest payroll last year? Thirty-nine million. Really? I think or 42 Holy
3: million
2: fuck. maybe. See, I I thought we were I thought that the lowest payrolls at this point were like 50-60 million. Um I didn't realize even, shit. Even those got numbers that low. are st-
3: too sickening for me. No. Yeah, no, I mean that's the, still super low, yeah. The,
1: the the Guardians were pitifully bad last year
3: in terms of payroll. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: wow.
3: There's a pop Fascinating of bad stuff. I, don't know what to yeah. Do yeah. Well, I mean, I'm you old. think about it, you know, the way that <clears throat> all these teams you know, Yankees, Dodgers included, go about service time with those young players, like until they hit their arbitration years. Like, what are they making? Seven hundred fifty k, or something, or, league, like or that? a league
2: league minimum, which is
3: like 550
2: k, yeah, or five fifty five k, something like that.
3: Right, right. And so, yeah. like, if you have a whole, if you have nine players on your team that are you know making minimum wage, like maybe the Indians did last year. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, that that doesn't add up to a lot in the grand scheme of things. Yeah,
2: yeah, cool. Uh, I'll go next while Matt is doing research. Um, So, uh, okay, cool. Matt froze on my end. I was worried that I was freezing. All right, Um, here's here's what I'll say. Um, Two two small things. Uh, The first thing is that I love the fact that these big signings are happening. I love it when teams get bold. Um some of these signings will not pay off. Um but I love the fact that teams are going for it. I love the fact that the Rangers signed Semyon and Seeger, you know, so they just they just signed two of the top free agents, to their left side of the infield, bam. Um now <clears throat> that might not work out. Like Semyon is already 31. Now grant his his I just looked it up. His best two years of his career are this year and twenty nineteen, so the last two full seasons. So there's a possibility that he'll be really good for another couple of years, but we also know that generally speaking, once you're in your thirties, your production declines significantly, uh, in most cases, uh, certainly now when, when steroids are not as rampant as, as they were when we were kids. But I love the fact that teams are going after it. I love that, that pay for Scherzer. I mean, that AAV is insane. Um, but fuck it. Like he's amazing. And the Mets are going for it. It might be a disaster, but I love the fact that they're willing to just fucking do that. So that's cool. Um, The second piece I'll say is about the CBA stuff. And this is uh, just kind of a general observation. So, and I was guilty of this when I was a kid. Um, And I'm very, I'm very ashamed. So there's a lot of rhetoric out there. There's a lot of propaganda, not just in professional sports, but in any industry, that will try to convince you that people asking for more money are greedy and selfish do not believe it that is some bullshit fucking propaganda from capitalists okay from the ruling class from legitimate rich people it's bullshit they are trying to turn us against each other now um these professional athletes obviously they are not part of the working class right they are not part of the same class as like us three that being said they are also not billionaire owners so fuck any billionaires, as you guys know, billionaires, in my opinion, should not exist. Um, and if you are a billionaire and you are you are still a billionaire, you have not given a, uh given away your fortune. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you're you're immoral at best and a piece of shit at worst, most likely a piece of shit. So as far as I'm concerned in professional sports, even though these contracts are massive and these people are not part of the working class, get your fucking money because fuck the owners and make them pay as much as possible. Okay, so for those of you out there who look at some of these contracts, you look at Max Scherzer's contract three years and what was it? Three years, one hundred forty million. Something like that. Something like that. So insane, right? Mind boggling kind of contract. We've never seen a higher annual uh, value, I don't think, in baseball. Right. So an insane contract. um, And I get that a lot Lips of people pull out of the water too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. pull out of the water. A lot of people's reactions are going they're going to look at that and they're going to be like, "Oh, that's disgusting, blah, blah 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 blah." Every single owner in major sports is worth countless more than countless, I don't know what the what the correct grammar would be. Way 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 more money, okay? Every single owner in professional sport, maybe not the NHL, but let's stick with like MLB, NBA, and NFL. Okay? Hey. Every single Yeah, Matthew. Hey. Oh, you're gonna do your Packers owner thing? Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. Every real owner is worth is worth way, way, way more. Okay. Matt, so do not out. fall. Do not fall for that propaganda. The players should get paid. You should be rooting for them to get as much as possible. And when this CBA happens, you should be firmly on the side of the players and the players' association, the players' union. If you are siding with the owners in any sense, in any case at all, you're a bootlicking capitalist and you should go fuck yourself. So that's, that's my, uh, that's my, uh, that's my opinion on all of this. Okay. <laughs> you guys ready to be blown away? Do it. What do you think the the payroll for the 26 man roster,
1: of the Baltimore Orioles was last year? Uh,
2: 34 million. 31. 13. No fucking wow. way.
1: There's the a caveat there. That's, that's the active roster. 26-man hey, active roster, or, uh, Chris which Davis. is got three people that are in arbitration years, one person in a veteran contract, and 22 guys who aren't even—they're all on rookie contracts and pre-arbitration. So, when you look at their total spend, it's 42 million, which sounds like a lot, but um, 10 million of that is Alex Cobb, who's he not on like, the
2: team. He, yeah, he was like a promising starter back in the day, but that was like years ago now. And an
1: adjusted five point six million of that was Chris Davis. <laughs> who's gonna be paid by them for a long time.
2: Yeah, and he when was the last time he played a baseball game? It's been oh, man. it's been a few years. No, at this he retired
1: point. a couple couple minutes a couple games into the season. He played the first half of the season. Wait, year. this year he did? Yeah. No no shit. Yeah. Wait, did he really? He played a couple games. Who
2: am I thinking of?
1: Um All right. they also had three and a half million dollars of deferred salaries to Andrew Kashner, Darren O'Day, and Mark Trumbull Trumbo. And they had a decent amount of money on.
2: Um, uh, Chris Davis played 16 games in 2020. He did not play it all this year. Nothing
1: in 2021. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they had they had two players on the injured list making more than a million bucks. Matt Harvey being one of them. Matt Harvey. So they had they had Trey Mancini, who's in arbitration, who came back from cancer, made 4.75 million dollars. Pedro Severino made $1.8 million and everyone else on the team made less than a million. Wow. Wow. Their owners, I don't care how, their owners walked away with a lot of money.
2: That's unbelievable. Okay. Sorry. I have to say something really quickly because um, I was just uh, looking this up. Matt, you mentioned Matt Harvey and I'm going to mention this quickly. Those who are, those of our listeners who are diehard baseball fans will know Matt Harvey's name because. When he came up with the Mets in the early 2010s, um, he was a hot shot. He was in his young 20s, and he was really, really good for those first few years. Now, I'm looking up his numbers because I haven't looked in a long time. So his war, for the, for those who don't remember, wins above replacement, which is like a good catch-all stat for a player's value. We talk about that a lot here on the pod. Now, those first few years, he was very good, okay? Um, two years... Two full years, he was 5.3 and 4.9, which is basically all-star level for those who don't know, okay? If you're around five wins above replacement or six, that's like all-star. Since then, he has only had one season where he has been in positive integers, and he was 1.3, which is eh, it's fine, whatever. Everything else has been negative. So like this dude, he still has that name recognition, and he had those two really good years in 2013 and 2015 when he was 24 and 26 years old other than that he has been garbage now it looks like he's been injured he has he's only thrown more than 100 innings twice since then and that was 2018 and then this year so obviously injuries have really have really screwed him but just I had no idea like he was such a hot shot there for a couple years his name was huge those couple years um and my god I, I really feel bad for him looking at his numbers now like his career has been a fucking disaster since then
1: I mean, it's I, like it's like uh, Tim Lincecum or Dontrell Willis.
2: Like, yeah, seriously. Um, the the the
1: candle that burns the brightest burns
2: out. The, yeah, <laughs> burns out and, the but like, Lincecum was even better. Lincecum was ridiculous those two years, and then he fell so hard and so fast. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, sorry. I I just when you mentioned Matt Harvey, I was like, oh, I've been meaning to look at that, and I didn't realize how bad it was. And so. we talked
3: on an earlier, like one of the first podcasts. But how ridiculous it is that Baltimore Orioles aren't more competitive as a oh, franchise. Oh, it's bullshit. They're in a huge and,
2: metro area. They have a storied history. It's fucking bullshit.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, those numbers, Matt, they're...
2: I feel so bad for Orioles fans. And, yeah. like, I'm in this region now. You know what I mean? Like, like, if I wanted to adopt a secondary team, right? Obviously, the Yankees are always going to be my number one. But I live in the D.C. area now, right? And I imagine that I'm going to live here for a long time. If I wanted to adopt a secondary team... Chances are I would do Nats or Orioles. Now, Nats make a little bit more sense because it's the National League, so it's not, you know, it's the, the other league, and also because I'm, I'm in D.C., basically, I'm not in Baltimore. Baltimore's an hour away. But, and of course, Baltimore being a division rival of the Yankees, so I wouldn't really do that. But still, you would, like, sometimes when you're in a certain region, right, you kind of want to root for that team, even if it's yeah. a division rivalry. It's like, I live here now. I kind of want to, you know, I kind of want to root for my local team. Oh, my God. I can't even fathom wanting to root for the Orioles right now. They have been just disgusting as an organization. I mean, fuck, I feel so bad for Orioles fans.
3: Yeah, it's bad. Matt, you have a topic about baseball that we haven't covered that you want to talk about, or we can close this out.
1: Dontrell Willis got hosed in 2020, or what was it, 2005?
2: Was that his best year, and he didn't win a Cy Young or anything?
1: Uh, He came in second in Cy Young voting to Chris Carpenter uh chris carpenter had 5.8 war don Trullo had 7.3 um wow. he had five shutouts that year
2: dude he was fucking nasty those five first shutouts. couple years man He's that's cracking. another one i feel really bad that's another one like now now the
1: third place vote getter that year was roger clemens who actually had the most war he had the best war with 7.8 uh the man, lowest era it. and the highest era plus uh, you got, you i got have got no idea the... how carpenter
2: won that year Probably um, yeah. had more hurt. wins, and like the uh, the Cardinals won the World Series. Or, no, they didn't win the World Series. No, in 05. no. they won an 06. Carpenter was 12, 21 White and Sox. 5.
3: Dontrell was 22 and 10. Interesting. Um, White Sox beat the Astros. Carp- White Sox now, beat the Astros. Carpenter yeah, has 06. Runouts. The Cardinals won.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but, it's I mean, all their other numbers, uh, walks are about the same. Carpenter had to add some strikeouts.
2: Uh, Carpenter gave up seven more home runs than Dontrell did, though. Like, Whoa. Man, poor Dontrell. He flamed out fast. So, yeah. his first four years of his career, and these are all, for all intents and purposes, full seasons, okay? Um, when we say full seasons, we're talking about, for a starting pitcher, 200 innings pitched or close to it, okay? Um, his first four seasons, 3.9 WAR, then 1.3, which is eh, then 7.3, amazing, and then 4.1, very good. After that, he never even broke one. win above replacement now a lot of his seasons were only a few innings so I think he must have gotten killed by injuries too I can't remember because it was a while ago but man that's just it's so sad when you see that kind of thing happen and it makes it even more amazing and miraculous when you see somebody like Mike Trout who came up at age 20 and has just been ridiculous as we've talked about we we have our Mike Trout love sessions occasionally and actually (laughs) one one thing I'm going to mention really quickly also related to what we're talking about and also related to Trout so one of the other kind of somewhat big free agent signings is uh, Noah, Synderga- uh, Noah Syndergaard signed it, uh, signed with the Angels. Now, he uh, is another one of these guys who was a hot shot when he first came up and um, things haven't gone his way totally the last couple of years. He's been solid, but not amazing. He's dealt with injuries, blah, blah, blah. But he had this really wonderful quote that I loved. So he signed with the Angels and he said something along these lines, I'm paraphrasing, um, Mike Trout is the best player that's ever lived, and I want to help get him a ring. Um, and I thought that was so cool to see, like a current player, just not even, not even fucking hedging at all, just saying Mike Trout is the best player ever. Like yeah. that was fucking cool, and and that he wants to help him get a ring. Like I thought that was pretty
3: awesome. Yeah, and maybe the best talent ever with Otani. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> <Good> yeah, <pair. laughs> yeah. That's like, yeah. I and it makes sense, right? If you're Cindergard and and if and if you're anybody, and the Angels are interested, like why wouldn't you want to team up with trout and notani and try to bring a
3: ring to that fucking team like yeah. yeah absolutely sweet all right so i want to wrap this up by talking about it is the season of giving happy hanukkah by the way ethan
2: yes i still remember my hanukkah blessings by the way <laughs> so. do you want to tell us them I don't I mean it's a bunch of Hebrew words. If you want to listen to a bunch of Hebrew words, I can. I just think it's very weird that I still remember because you guys know I don't remember anything. And I haven't I haven't done anything for Hanukkah in years and years, but I still remember the fucking Hanukkah, one of the Hanukkah blessings. And also everybody knows, well everybody who knows me knows that I'm like the biggest atheist on the planet and I have been forever. So it's like very strange that I know a Hanukkah blessing. Also because Judaism and the Torah, which is the Jewish portion of the Bible, it's, it's what Christians would refer to as the Old Testament, it's all about just, like, faith in God and just God, 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 God. It's not even about, like, love thy neighbor. It's about it's about just being loyal to God. Like, the story of, of uh, fucking Abraham and, like, slicing the throat of his child, that's the fucking Torah. That's the Jews. That's not the Christians. Jesus talked about, like, loving your neighbor. The Jews are the ones who are like... If you get told to kill your kid by God, you better follow fucking orders. But then, of <laughs> course, as time went by, the Jews became the smart ones and the Christians became the dumb ones. But that's that's for another time. Um, Job, who's told to sacrifice his kid? No, Abraham. Like it was wasn't it Abraham and, and Isaac or whatever? He was supposed to sacrifice one of his kids, and then uh, at the very at the very last second, dude, you actually grew up fucking. You've gone to you've like gone to church. The only religious services I've ever been to, I was paid to play trumpet at them in my entire life. Well, okay. He's just shaking his head. Matt doesn't know. I I rendered the Valedict speechless. Can I can I get a Valedict soundboard to him? Valedict. I just Valedict the Valedict. Where's the fucking soundboard? We don't get it for me? We don't nope. do it for me? I don't have it on the new one. Unbelievable. Wait, you don't have the Valedict? Oh, it's a new nope. sound. Ugh. Well, you got to get it. I know. This is- I need him to say it. Oh, this is crucial. Matt, do it.
3: I'm not going to I'm not going to feed into that. <laughs> I've got Ethan's for now, so that'll piss him off enough. Well, I'll Uh, just be playing Ethan's, (laughs) and then he'll say it one time.
2: Uh, Anyway, sorry, I totally derailed all of that. Colin, it's the season of giving.
3: Continue. It is the season of giving, (laughs) and for the people who listen to this podcast and may not know how podcasting works, and maybe you guys don't even know to a certain extent, uh, we have ads in our show. Yeah, I didn't know that. In the beginning, in the middle... Most of the time they play in the middle um, and at the end, beginning and end at, at all times. Uh, and, um, you know, we we stand, you know, I say we meet Matt and Ethan stand to make money if we get a certain amount of downloads um, for our shows. Now, w- I would like to say. Um, that we have made a lot of money and we, we haven't, (laughs) Uh, which, which is fine because we're a new show and I don't expect to make a
2: fucking cent from this ever.
3: (laughs) Not yet, not yet, but because it is the season of giving, I am imploring our listeners to tell people about the show, to share the show on social media, to to talk to your friends and family about it. And from now until let's say, I'm just gonna say this on the spot, but from now until the end of our contract with Blue Wire, whatever money we end up making, we'll donate it. You guys yeah, can pick absolutely. what yeah. we donate. Um, I like but that. we'll donate that money.
1: I mean, and give a give a shout out to where that idea came from. Thank you, Joe Paz.
2: Yeah, the podcast. Well, I don't know if that yeah, if yeah, Colin, yeah, I don't know if yeah. Colin got that from the podcast, but yeah, the podcast is doing that. Yeah, maybe indirectly I got I got that. I, I was not... But,
1: I, I but, know but, exactly
2: what you're talking regardless, about. Regardless,
1: fuck yeah. We'll do yeah. it. I'm if, all for it.
2: Yeah, if all six and a half listeners, if you guys tell everybody, and then we end up with 12 listeners, and then we end up making like 37 cents, we will donate it.
3: Yeah, so, and also for the super fans who are friends with Matt and Ethan, tell them to share the show too.
2: I will not because I fucking despise self-promotion.
3: I won't do it. <laughs> But Matt, will. It, will it will help us donate to people in need. What,
1: what's, what's Chris's uh music company Tolbert,
2: Tolbert. Music no, like we'll my tell company?
1: you buy some ads on here then? I'll pay for his ads.
2: You'll pay you'll pay for Tolbert Music ads? Yeah. All right. And you know Chris Chris actually, actually might be you're fine with that. Promoting your livelihood. So Yeah. And I would be actually I would feel I would feel all right with that. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, maybe, I, I do maybe promote we can um...
1: come on. I come on. Look at this. Look at this. I mean, who would want to see this on a podcast? Right? Uh, okay, yeah.
2: Hold, holding your cat while we record is not promoting.
1: <laughs>
2: the podcast. How, the podcat. Actually, I like that. That's good. Yeah. Um, I have something. Speaking of showing stuff to the camera, which how many people actually watch? I think it's only a couple that are actually going to watch. But, we, had,
3: we had like 20-something views last episode.
2: 20-something views. So I'm sure that everybody is dying to know. I'm sure everybody has been on the edges of their seat for this entire episode for over an hour now. About what's going on with my elbow. So I have good news for you. I had an appointment today, and I got my splint taken off, and I'm allowed to start playing guitar and piano again, which I'm very excited about. And Look. also, I did not get an x-ray, but I did get a picture taken. This is what my elbow looks like right now. Oh, shoot. That is all of the fucking, the pins and the plate. That's what's in my arm. What so, mean? I know, right? So for those who are only listening, you can't see. Uh, but for those who actually, for whatever reason, do watch on YouTube... That's what it looks like when you, like, get your bone pinned together. This is my first ever broken bone, and I, like, that's pretty fucking wild. And that shit's gonna, as of now, that shit's just supposed to stay in my arm for the rest of my life. Um, like, it's fucking crazy, man. When you walk through the metal detector at the
3: airport, it'll be going
2: off. Well, what's funny is I asked the surgeon about that. I was asking her about that today, and she said there was a study that was done about this, and that it was inconclusive, that it was pretty random, like, sometimes... Like different metals would set certain things off, but sometimes they wouldn't and other things would set it off. So it's not consistent between the airports. So chances are there are going to be some airports where I'm going to set it off and others where I won't. Um, so, yeah, pretty interesting how that works. But And, and it, it, technically it will stay in you forever, but your body will slowly eat it away. Is that right? Is that how that works? Yeah. I was wondering because I figured with like modern science and modern medicine being what it was, I figured that at this point they would make shit like that that would like dissolve over time or something.
1: No, well, it's like um, I've got a couple friends who work for implant companies. And like when they show you like, oh, this is a hip implant that we took out of someone. And it's like, holy shit, that was titanium. And <laughs> it's like gone. What the fuck?
3: Like wow. my body did that. Wow. That's incredible. Okay.
2: Yeah.
3: Cool. All right, boys. Any shout outs before we go? Um, shout
2: out
1: to Jim Ertz. Thanks. Thanks to the pancakes.
2: Oh yeah, Dad, I let Matt have some of my pancakes that I brought from home. So Damn. I gave I gave Ethan a surprise. Don't say it, Ethan, because there's
3: gonna be a Oh yeah, I won't say Carolina I won't too. say about the
2: surprise. Colin, if you want Jim Ertz pancakes, when I come down to Charlotte, I'll make them for you. I make them the same way he does. Are you Jim Ertz? I'm better All than Jim, Jim Ertz. Ertz. Okay. I'm better. I'm the <laughs> fucking next generation. I'm Jim Ertz two All right.
1: <laughs> well then if that's by that logic, who makes better pancakes? You were German.
2: Oh, uh, that's a good point. I mean, Jeremy loves to talk a big game about his cooking. He thinks he's an amazing cook. And Jeremy, if you're listening, I hope you're paying attention to this. Um, he has never, like, actually cooked for us, for the family. So he loves to talk. He loves to criticize. He loves to tell <laughs> us, oh, I make this better, blah, 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 blah. How about you make me a fucking meal, and then we'll talk about it, Jeremy. So that's my, that's my, that's, that's my shout-out, I, I guess. Mean, I wasn't I mean, planning on but it.
1: But, like, you know, in certain instances, like, I'm never going to be better than mama Rude, like i can't like i can try and try and emulate her cooking but i although i did make a really good beef stew a couple of weeks ago <laughs> uh, you know back in october it was, it was really good beef stew <laughs> had two cups of barley wine in there oh man nice. that's good
2: nice um one other thought if you live in a place that has communal recycling break down your boxes <laughs> or else you're a selfish fucking asshole Break down your boxes so that your shit takes up less space. Should be a no-brainer. I can tell you that it's not. All right, that's it.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.